Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Well, I'm excited to uh, continue our series from fan to follower, and it's uh, our reading, if you've been following the reading, has a lot to do with the, the missional call in our lives, that God's called all of us uh, to have a purpose. Uh, our guest speaker this morning is, is uh, someone that I've never heard preach, except for last service. And uh, so you probably asked yourself the question, why in the world would you invite somebody you've never heard before? You ever met someone uh, uh, that you, as you start to hear their story, and you just start to be around them, you can just sense that there's something different. There's just a sense that God's done something in them. Uh, when I first met Dan and Bab Izzet, they were uh, part of American Leprosy Missions. They're on the board there. And when I met them and just started to hang out with them for the weekend, I just said, you have to come teach. I just said, there's something about God working in you, in both of you, that needs to be shared with our community. And so even though he's hardcore rugby, cricket, a lot of other weird sports that aren't really that as good as football, but um, uh, I just said, I, we've got to get you uh, in front of uh, our church body. And so this morning, we continue this series, but we've said all along, part of you growing in the gathering of the body of Christ is about you being willing to be open. And I think a lot of us bring our preconceived ideas, and we want God to kind of fit our our expectations, our answers, our needs. And this morning, I just as a, a way we've started these messages is just to, to get your hands open. And I don't know how you came today, but just to be open to having the Spirit of God move in your life. So you open your hands, and I'm just going to pray and going to introduce Dan for us this morning. Father in heaven, we we do surrender. Uh, at the foot of the cross this morning and ask that, Lord, that your presence and your Holy Spirit would move in all of us. God, teach us for those who need to have a, a morsel of hope that you exist. God, give that this morning. God, for those who need encouragement because of discouragement, God, would you give that in, in buckets full this morning? God, will you allow all of us to walk away different this morning, we pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Well, uh, Dan uh, is uh, someone that I've just, I don't know that long, but love who God's made him to be. Uh, he's, he and Babs have been married for, now I got it wrong last service, it's 47 or 46? 46 years. Feels like 60, that's what Dan just shouted out. Now, Dan is a jokester, but he, you know, he's going to say things that you're going to go, what did he just say? And uh, we're very German and Polish and French right here in Wisconsin. We're budgeted with our response. If you teach in Africa, I mean, it's almost like you're at a football game. People are shouting and cheering and come on. Oh, yeah, bring it. So you have permission this morning. Where's the crew? Is crew here this morning? Yeah. You probably need to bring a little bit of that for Dan this morning, um, as he'll feel right at home. So guys, you give a great welcome this morning to Dan Izzet. Good morning, everybody. 
Now, you know, in Africa, if I said, Hallelujah! Some of you would jump up and say, Amen! Dare we practice it? <laughs> we also, when I preach, if you enjoy and agree, I say, you can do this. Want to practice? Okay, if you disagree, you do that. Don't practice. <laughs> if you don't know, you just go around. Okay, so there's some form of response coming from you. Doesn't matter what you do, I'll just carry on saying what I want to anyway. <laughs> but this is it. That is it. And what is it, this place I'm in? <laughs> just a fat man with one leg hopping to get to heaven one day. I was at the temple yesterday. <laughs> I promise you I still love Jesus more. <laughs> Thank you for having us. That clock's wrong, brother. Bind you in Jesus' name. Stop moving. <laughs> I've tried that before. It just never works. I've even tried taking my watch off. You know what that means? And put it on top? Nothing. We won't get into that. Okay, so what are you here for this morning? Is it something you do every Sunday? If I don't go, my home group leader is going to phone me up and say, were you sick? Is there something wrong? Can we help you? Purpose of coming here today is that you won't leave here like you came. That somewhere the word of God will touch you you will allow Holy Spirit to move in your heart. Bring about a place that's drilled you down a bit more in God. Where you've said maybe there's just half a thing. Do you know if you came to Sunday to church on Sundays 40 weeks of the year and you took home one thing to change or to be challenged on, at the end of the year you would have had 40 major changes in your life. Can you remember the three points from last Sunday? That's just the challenge. The challenge when the Spirit of God has to take us and, and move us. And this morning, I just want to share a little bit on, you know, I'm not big into titles. I'm, not a, I'm an engineer. And, and we want to know the facts and the sign and the costs and the integral of this. We want to know those things. We're not these literary guys that, oh, what's the message typing? I don't know. But I was here and listening to um, George speak the other day. Sorry. <laughs> Troy speak. He always has a title for everything. So I thought I'd better come up with a title. And, and this is it. If, you, if you're keen on these things, strength in difficult times. I, I notice you don't have it as hard as us we do in Africa. Africa is so different. But you know, it's the same God that resides in Africa, that lives here. We don't have our own currency in our nation. It's nothing to have no electricity for three, four days at a time. No running water in the house for two weeks, month, doesn't matter. You buy water 
by the big tank outside and when the power works, it pumps it into your house. I haven't noticed that here. But that doesn't matter. That's not what difficulty life. Sometimes the most difficult thing is to follow hard after God. Because the whole of the world is turning against us as Christian believers. Poo-pooing our religion, raising false religions above where we are. Strength in difficult times. The hungry inherit the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. As a deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. I know it's, it's just a line in the Bible, a couple of lines in the Bible, depending on how your pages are laid out. But is that your heart's cry? Do you get up in the day before the day starts, before the day ends, and do you say, Lord, I'm hungry for you today? I want more of you. Strength in difficult times. Difficult times to meet the budget, difficult times to just live in your family. Let's try and move it up a level. Let's not be spectators. Let's be participators. You are vital to this, how can I use the word, can I use the word program that God has begun in this world to reach the unsaved, to touch the untouchable, to minister to the brokenhearted. Are you there? Or sometimes we're so brokenhearted and it seems like we're Humpty Dumpty. You know that poem? That's one we learned at school, sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, Milkman's men. Oh, so you know what I thought you were having me on over there. <laughs> Couldn't put Humpty together. You know, has your life ever felt like that? Is it ever going to come together? Is it ever going to get any better? No matter how we try to dodge life, you run into it. And, and uh, you may or may not know that both Babs and I have had leprosy. If you've never seen a leprosy sufferer, or there's these political terms that get thrown around, and you're not allowed to use the word leper. You don't ever use the word leper. I use it because I stir it a little bit. They say, you're not allowed to use it. I say, stop me. Well, nobody can stop me. So you had two people here that have had leprosy. If you've never seen anybody with leprosy, yeah, we're not wearing sackcloths. Our fingers haven't fallen off. We're not singing unclean. We're real people like you. We had children. You know that. Still works. <laughs> <laughs> what do you teach your people, Troy? <laughs> <laughs> You see, leprosy is a sinister disease. It's a ruthless disease, and it leaves behind a community of people that are often shattered, devastated at the news that's been told to them. So often we fly, and somebody says, what do you do? I say, I'm with one of the leprosy missions. I work with a number of leprosy missions. 
And they say, oh, you know, gee, how come you're involved? I say, because I've had it. And you want to see that when I dive out the windows of the aeroplane, like, <laughs> now I've got you. I can deal with your prejudices right now. It's sinister. It lurks in your body for up to 20 years. It was 20 years before I was diagnosed that I had leprosy. Seven years before Babs was diagnosed of leprosy because of what we knew. We knew something. We got it on quicker. It's vicious. It's a vicious disease that just sneaks into your body. 95% of the world is immune or self-healing to the disease. Only 5% of us can get it if we meet somebody with leprosy. It's vicious. It's a vicious disease. There's so little to work with until you understand it. It's so misunderstood. I was diagnosed in 1972, and even today I still suffer. I don't know, has anybody ever bumped your elbow? You bump what they call the funny bone? Do you know why it's called the funny bone? This bone's called the humus. And then you get those sort of, I don't know what you, we call them, pins and needles in your hands. I have that 24-7 for the last 50 years. 24-7, when there's nothing that can be done about it. I just have to, to, to live with it. It's a vicious disease. Babs has no side effects because of an early diagnosis. Isn't that incredible? That's what he, we deal with. It's a, it's a ruthless disease. It has no regard for gender, for age, or even race. Every 40 minutes, a child is diagnosed with leprosy somewhere in the world. Every two minutes, somebody's diagnosed with leprosy. Oh, sorry, every, every 20 minutes, one out of 10 people is a child that's diagnosed with the disease. And it's there, it's ruthless, it haunts people day after day. What about us? Well, I can promise you, if we did not have a relationship with God, we would be a mess. I promise you, when you live a life where the very core of your being, you're afraid to talk to people about it, was our secret for 28 years until we were challenged for such a time like this. You know what I, I want to say and I want to make this, don't ever let sickness, hardship, shape and determine your destiny. Don't ever let sickness, hardship, Determine your destiny. You are bigger than what you aren't. I just made that up. I don't know if it was any good. It doesn't make sense to me, but see if you can work it out, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you get an answer. Please come and tell me. But, you know, life can be hard. It can be tough. But I know God has been our strength. Absolutely, he is the cornerstone of our life. I want to try and give you some insight on how it affects people. My mother, dear Lord Jesus, she's in heaven now. We will see her one day. Um, she died January last year. In all the years, from 1972 to last year, never once, never once did I ever hear her say the word leprosy. That's how it affected Never said it. That disease that you've got, those people you work with, that's how she spoke 
about the disease. It's a heart disease. I was at a leprosarium in, in Zimbabwe and there was a, a man sitting there on a little veranda about this big, a little house that was built for him, he was living in there. He'd lost a leg, the other leg was all bandaged up. If nothing had happened, he would lose his other leg as well. He had a few sort of stumpy fingers on this hand and on this hand he had nothing. Leprosy doesn't eat your flesh. It sets you up to lose your limbs and that, okay? And along came the food for this man. This lady was carrying a dish of food. And I thought, I want to see how this man eats. He couldn't use chopsticks. He couldn't, didn't even have hands to eat the food with. So I watched him. I was sitting on the floor there with him. And I'd taken my prosthesis off and put it there. And we were just laughing about life, talking in the local language, laughing about life. What else is there to do? Food came. I said, I want to watch this man. He took that dish, scooped it up with this, this arm, took his stump, began force-feeding himself. I saw the lady walk away, and I said, oh, thank God that we're able to help that lady make food for this man. Who else would do it for him? Rejected, chased out by his family. And as he was sitting there eating, my heart went a little bit further. And I said, what happens to that man when he goes to the bathroom? His most private practices in life, somebody has to do it for him. Yes, it is a disease, but there's hope. There's hope. God is here to minister to our hurts. God was there in the midst of it. God was there. And this morning, can we drill down to some of these hurts? Can we allow the Spirit of God to say, yes, you may have both hands, you may have both feet. There's the man that is trusting in God. Reminds me of the scripture in 2 Corinthians that Paul penned some awesome scripture. And, and Paul had been through his difficult times. If you'd just read a little bit about him and see what he went through. Quite a, I'd love to employ him as a pastor. All the things he went through. My goodness me. And there seemed to be something wrong with him. And he'd obviously gone to God and prayed. Have you ever prayed to God a number of times about things and some things just not, never happened? And he, but he said to me, obviously God spoke to him. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. It's interesting that being at the temple yesterday, that what carries that is the strength of man. Today we're in another place of worship. And what carries us is our weakness. Our dependence on God. What does he say? Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know. I was going to say make the cut. It's not the cut. The draft. Draft. What did you say? Draft. Draft. Okay, just, just please. Didn't make the draft. Interpretation, draft, okay? 
is are you weak enough for God to pour his life into you that you may be strong when I'm weak when I don't make the, cut, the, the draft the draft I'm still strong are we there you see it's, it's my choice it's your choice it's our choice to allow God's grace to make us strong in difficult times it's a choice the word even says choose this day who you will serve I love Joshua he says as for me and my household we will serve the Lord serving God is a household thing parents, grandparents children, grandchildren need to get together and serve God Parents, set boundaries for your children that are godly. Because the, 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 the temptation out there to draw away from godly principles is so strong in our lives. Allow God's grace to make you strong in difficulties. <coughs> what was it like when I was diagnosed with leprosy? I think it's more spoken more openly if you the big C being a pastor for many years, <coughs> people would say to me, <coughs> the big C. We all know what it is, cancer, isn't it? What happens when you've got the big L? How do, you, how do you deal with it? How do we deal with it? Well, we'd been married. We got married in, now listen to this, men, you're in trouble. Woman, you're allowed to do this, okay? So prepare yourself. You could put another hand on if you really want to. I met Babs on the 16th of October, 1969, at 8.47 in the evening. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> I proposed to her on the 25th of December, 1969, at 3.30 in the afternoon. Then we got married in August the... August the, we got married on August the 15th. See, she remembers that one at 3.30 in the, I remember 3.30 in the afternoon. So <laughs> this is where it is. By the November, I came out in a rash all over my body, went to a dermatologist. He says, yeah, I know what's wrong with you. So I said, what? He says, you've got syphilis. <laughs> Guys, when you've been married in August, the 8th, 15th of August, and this is the November, my goodness me, that's the last thing you need to hear. I said, uh-uh. No. We had the philosophy, both Babs and I, that we'd keep the best thing we could only give away once in our lives to the person we'd spend with for the rest of our lives. So we knew it was impossible. He insisted. Anyway, he went through, treated me up until February 1972, before he said to me, he said, we don't know what's wrong with you, we think you've got tertiary syphilis. Now, that's hard when you've just got married. Do you have pre-marriage counseling? <laughs> he said, you were tertiary syphilis. I said, what is that? He said, Al Capone had it. Went to his brain, he went mad and died. Something, why my goodness me, this is the company I'm keeping with my last few days with Al Capone. <laughs> went to see another doctor and eventually found out he says you go and see a doctor went to a government doctor 
because I had a commutable disease called leprosy. I had no idea. Went there, sat there, sat on the bench, fell off the end, and you knew it was your turn to go in. Went and he said, Mr. Is it, we know what's wrong with you. So I said, oh, wonderful, is it syphilis? He said, no. So I said, oh, that's even better. He says, and you've got a cure for it. So I said, that's wonderful. What is it? He says, you've got Hansen's disease. I don't know what Hansen's disease is. Do any of you know what Hansen's disease is? No. So I said, what is that? He said, the promatous leprosy, the worst kind you can get. I said, oh, my goodness me. Can you imagine the elation from saying, we know what's your disease, we can heal it? The elation, yes. To that death, boom. It's leprosy. Went home to Babs, went home with Babs. And I said, honey, we've been married a short while, we have no children, you're still young and beautiful, she's still beautiful, she's not so young. I don't allow her to dye her hair. I don't allow her to dye her hair because then I look too different from mine and you think she's my daughter. <laughs> I know you have that problem now, but it's my daughter with grey hair. Um, and I said, look, we have to, well, let's annul our marriage. Had I known I had leprosy before we got married, I would have said, I wouldn't have got married. But let's annul our marriage. She said, no ways. I said, I love you. We made a commitment before God and man for richer, sickness in health, until, that's it. For a few years later, for her to be diagnosed with leprosy. Only one place in this whole wide world she could have got it from. She often says we share everything. quite hard, isn't it? She could only have contracted the disease from me. We've been told it's most unlikely. Only 95% of the world, only 5% of the world can get the disease, but here it is. But do you know what? There was an inner strength from the Holy Spirit. There was a strength from God on high for us to be able to stick it through. It didn't matter. You know, disease Disease cannot determine your destiny. Disease cannot determine. Difficulties cannot determine where your next step in life is. We're more than conquerors through Christ who died for us. Bible says we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. And that's the only thing sometimes we can hold on to is the word of God. The depth where you've drilled down into God and taken a hold of those promises and make them yours. If they're not, when difficult times come, when difficult times come, you will fail. See, at that time we never understood it. But now with hindsight, we see the hand of our Heavenly Father upon us. Somebody said to me, you're so lucky, you travel all over the world. You go and see this, you go and see that. I said, isn't it wonderful? But the only reason I'm here, only reason Troy met me is because of leprosy. I said, I had to get leprosy to be and do what we are. Never did we ever think the hand of God would be upon us doesn't matter what you're going through. 
God still says, I know the plans I have for you, to strengthen you, to give you hope, to prosper you. He says that. I don't know what your pressure is today. I don't know what you keep under the lid at home. I don't know what you pray in your closet when you're alone and you're crying before God. I don't know what it is. But I promise you, in hindsight, you will see the hand of God. Listen to how the psalmist in Psalm 18 pens these words. Obviously, he'd be depending upon God. And now he reaches up and he says, You arm me with strength for battle. You humble my adversities before me. Adversities before me. What is your battle this morning? You know, it's been known that husbands and wives have battles. Not in Green Bay. We go to the temple. It's been known for parents and children to have battles. It's known to have battles with your mother-in-law. With your government. I hear somebody was a Clinton was trumped by somebody. <laughs> a Bernie went on a cruise. <laughs> I don't know. Some states are red and some are blue. <laughs> you have your difficulties. <laughs> but our God strengthens me for battle. What is your battle? Financial. Healing. Relationships other than your spouse or your children. Is that what it is? He arms you for battle. And I promise you, in hindsight, you will see God's hand upon you. You see, so often in the battle of life, we do not see God working in the background. In the background, God is working to work all things well for you. He knows the plans. He's working it out for you. But you know what he's doing? As each day he's holding that carrot in front of us. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. There is a requirement, draw near. Are you drawing nearer? Do you just go to the temple, or do you make the draft? Have you ever asked the question or heard someone say, where is God? Why is this happening to me? The reason we ask it is because we do not know the God that's doing it or allowing it in our lives. What's it like when you're 33 years old and you're told you have to have an amputation? I burnt my feet, I stood in hot water, burnt my feet and eventually infection set in and had an amputation. More than half of my leg, my life, I've lived with one and a half legs. Come to the conclusion, the average human being on earth has got less than two legs. Having one leg has its ups and downs. <laughs> Have we ever prayed for God to heal me? Yes, I have. 
I've been disappointed. Often. Have I been disillusioned with my Heavenly Father? Never. Because I have a Father in Heaven who will never abandon me. I'm with you always, even till the ends of the earth. I hear this ring ringing out. Regardless of what I'm going through, He is with me. I will never abandon you. In fact, God's nature and character doesn't allow Him to abandon you. We walk away from God. We stay away from Him. My Heavenly Father, do you reckon you could do the same? It's sort of T-Rex it if you can't go right up there, just a T-Rex. <laughs> T-Rex. Or you can... <clears throat> My Heavenly Father will never abandon me. Never, never, never. The writer of Deuteronomy, we, we, we accredit to, to Moses, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. He pens these words in the Pentateuch and he says, Be strong and courageous. We are called to be strong and courageous. He didn't say when times are good, when times are bad. He said just be strong and courageous all the time. It's a requirement from the Lord. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or will he ever forsake you. Isn't that a promise? I don't know what it is. He'll never leave you, sister. He'll never forsake you. Yeah, that's enough to do that, isn't it? Don't you want to do that? Just some of you feel it. Some of you even look better. Wow! <laughs> can I just put it? Just put it back. I God will never leave me. I can stand up straight. Strength in difficult times. Hope when there is no hopeless. He cannot abandon us. Let me tell you a story two sons, you can have leprosy and you can have kids, it's okay. They don't have leprosy. You can imagine how we look at our grandchildren. The day came when we had to tell our children that your mom and dad had leprosy. We took them up to the mountains, we special food, even bought them ice cream. We were as poor as church mice. We were just the pastors, that's why I think. Um, and we sat down, fed them up, and we said, guys, we've got something to tell you. Can you imagine what a big deal this was for us? You're going to tell your children that their parents are lepers. So we set this thing up as best we could. Just set it up there. We tell them the story and they said, Oh, is that all? Is that all? We thought you were going to tell us we were adopted. We're all adopted into Jesus. He says, yeah, no, we're all adopted, yeah. Thank God, if you've been adopted, been adopted, you've been adopted twice. Yeah. Or you're going to tell us that you're getting divorced. But, oh, that's nothing. Do you know what had happened? God had gone ahead of us in a time of which was stressful for us. God had gone ahead. He'd prepared our children's hearts. You see how he can do it? Whatever you're facing, whatever you have to tell, whatever you're going through, allow God to go before you. He will always go ahead of you. Brought peace to our home. I think, can I say it this way? 
Will you allow God to remold you in a time of trouble? Remold you? Take that trouble and turn it into a victory? I just, all the negatives of life are turned into positives at the cross. The largest positive sign in this world is that cross on Mount Calvary. Meet you at the cross. Allow God to remold you in your weak times to bring about the victory. Cooperate with him. Let him turn your weaknesses into strength. You know, my grace, the Lord said, is sufficient for you. 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 There's a danger. My hands started to go numb when I was 13 years old. I ignored them. I lived in denial. In the late 70s, I burnt my feet. Infection set in and I had an amputation. Do you know how spiritual that is? How often does the Spirit of God speak to you? To you, to us. And we ignore his voice. We become anesthetic to the movement of the Spirit of God. Till eventually God doesn't speak to us anymore because we ignore him. Let me tell you, that's what anesthesia does and denial does to you. I don't know what God's saying to you this morning. But can I say, as someone who's been through a little walk of life, don't ignore his voice to you. Don't stop feeling what God is saying to you. Because it can move into injury. It can move to infection. And it can move into amputation. Christian believers, when God speaks by His Spirit, don't ignore His voice. Don't get into trouble. It's hard. I know. I walk with a limp for over well, 36 years this year. More than half of my life. Life is a battlefield, my friend. It's not a recreation room. Run if you will. Run if you can. But I came here to stay. The champion marched for 40 days, crying, send me a man to fight. Now the Israelites said, we have a brave heart, but our feet are full of fright. Little boy with a sling and a pocket full of rocks. Who knew how to trust and pray? You better run, Goliath. You better run now. Because I, put your shoulders back, am here to stay. The creed being signed by the hand of the king. But Daniel still talked to the Lord. The lions were pacing on deck saying, here comes supper on board. If you'd been around anywhere close, you would have heard Daniel say, if you're thinking about me, boys, forget it. 
I came here to stay. It's a battlefield, my friend. It's not a recreation room. It's a fight and it's not a game. Run if you will, run if you can, but... Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know a little boy who had leprosy. It said to him, I will ruin your life. But there were people that loved him, that prayed for him and cared for him. Today he stands before you. And he says, Leprosy, where is your sting? It's a battlefield, my friend. Not a recreation room, it's a fight and it's not a game. Run if you will, run if you can. Put your shoulders back. Come on, I am here to stay. Have you come to stay? Have you come to dig in? Have you drilled down today? Have you realized at the end of whatever you're facing, there is God? Understand that he's got a bigger purpose than whatever you may think and plan for. We're going to take communion. Communion. Connection with God. It's not just... No ways. Just saying, God, I come to the cross. The way I see it, our sins are dealt with at the cross. Our negatives are dealt with at the cross. Our relationships are dealt at the cross. That's what it is. So take up your cross daily. Daily deal with the sin that we have in our lives. We're going to go from here and have communion in the way that you're used to. But God bless you. I hope I've given you something to dig in today. Go deeper than you've ever been before. Will you do that? It's the only one that counts. Let me pray before I go. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for the strength you pour in our lives. And, and as we celebrate your death on the cross, thank you. You take us deeper. May the decisions we've made today be ones that carry us and change us to be like Jesus. Declare blessing upon this congregation in Jesus' name. Amen.